0: You are now listening to Out of the Blank.
1: Welcome to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. I'm here with David Woji. Hey, Robbie, how's it going? So, David, tell me a little bit about yourself and what do you do professionally?
0: Yeah, well, uh, like you said, my name's David. Uh, I work in the CBD hemp industry. I've been doing that for a few years now. Uh, So, yeah, that's what I do for my nine to five. And then uh, when I come home, I have a podcast called Canameter. It's a little blog as well. And just kind of tell the world about cannabis. So what exactly do you do with cannabis on your,
1: like, take me to what you kind of your job is. Uh,
0: For my job, um, I have a website called The Hemp Jar, and basically it is the world's only non-extracted CBD. So non-extracted. So for someone like me,
1: that's like, I mean, I've had my years, obviously, with weed that will go into and stuff, but like the difference between weed and CBD, it's just the THC effect, isn't
0: it? Correct. Correct. Um, Hemp and marijuana are just terms that society has built or has mentioned when referring to cannabis. There's cannabis sativa, cannabis indica. It's all the same, but with hemp and marijuana, the only true distinction really is Uh, 0.3% THC or lower is considered hemp and marijuana, obviously, 0.3% and above THC content.
1: So how, so what's the, so do you grow it? Do you? Because like, I know a lot is being done now with um, just weed in general. It's becoming a lot stronger, um, more scientific research getting put behind it now, and you're seeing a sparking increase in it with society nowadays. Like, It's becoming legal everywhere. I mean, we, we have used hemp just in general throughout history. I mean, Benjamin Franklin owned a hemp farm. No one ever likes to bring that up, though.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, uh, even uh, George Washington Thomas Jefferson, it even goes back to 10,000 BC. First rope fragments were made of hemp. Clothing was made out of hemp. Uh, Originated in China, moved its way to the Middle East, found its way through Africa and to South America and to North America. And then, like you said, colonial America was almost built on hemp. There's actually letters from George Washington to his plantation farmer saying that, I want you to grow, you know. I think it was, oh, my numbers are going to be wrong, about 40% of your crop of the field, hemp. It's quite, really quite fascinating. Mm-hmm.
1: It's like people turned in their beanies and picked up lab jackets nowadays. You're seeing so many companies that start focusing on just cannabis in general now. And every time I see like, oh, we just created a new uh, strain of weed or something, it's a bunch of people in lab coats holding up this jar of like nugs. And I'm like, I have never thought in a million years it would turn into this. It seems like the opening scene to Pineapple Express. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a lot of science being done about it now. I mean, the USDA just released their, uh, it was like a summary of the rules of how to grow hemp and all surrounding that. The FDA were still working on, or they're still working on, how to uh, legalize, not legalize, that's the wrong word, how to regulate uh, the CBD market. So it's there's a lot of moving parts. Just this past two weeks, I think there was a House committee that actually uh, saw it was the MORE Act, basically legalizing federally marijuana. Still has to go through the House and the Senate, of course. But we're making small steps to legalize cannabis. It's pretty cool.
1: Now, do you do a lot of what the growing would consist of, or you do more of kind of the uh, research or anything behind it?
0: Yeah. So I guess my job title at the company I work for is the director of operations. So we don't actually grow the hemp. We have local farmers here in Colorado that grow the hemp and it's all legal. We have lab results up on the website. Um, However, I oversee where when the hemp comes in and when we process it to making the different products we do all the way out to shipping. So for when the hemp comes in and when it leaves a building, uh, that's that's what I do on the 9 to 5, yeah.
1: Where did your spark for this come from? Like, did you just decide as a kid, did you have an experience? Because, I mean, it seems like it's not the easiest road to go down, especially, like, how long have you been in the industry?
0: Um, A little over a year now, you know. So basically when it started picking up, uh, really getting some momentum. I think what really sparked for me is, uh, I had a job at a brewery before and then long story short, got canned. So I was looking for something and then there's this job opportunity that opened up. Right. And then out of that, I just kind of fell into it. Uh, wasn't any kind of motivation toward it. But I will say, you know, I've been suffering from migraines for decades now. I'm 34 this year, suffering from migraines. And the hemp paste that we make, the, the non-extracted CBD product that we make has actually reduced those to by 50%. It's really quite incredible. So there's a lot of medical Aspects that we don't even know of yet that are very beneficial to the human body.
1: Now, so the word cannabis, is that just CBD and hemp or is that
0: marijuana as well? Uh, Cannabis is, think of it as an umbrella. You know, cannabis is an umbrella and there's hemp and marijuana under that. And obviously, the only thing that really separates those, hemp and marijuana, is the THC content in the individual plant or strain.
1: And I know with marijuana, there's, um, indica and sativa more of like a head high for sativa, like kind of like laughter, enjoyment, you know, a nice, mm-hmm. like r- being able to still function. And then the indica is more like they call it in the couch. Cause you're more like thinking and contemplating a lot. I mean,
0: yeah. Like melted butter. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. On a nice uh, stack of flapjacks. There you go. Yep. Yep. I see. I don't know if it was because of me or maybe I like I know that there's a certain amount of cases where there are some people that are allergic to marijuana. I know Mm -hmm. that every time I've gotten high from it, I've gotten violently ill from it. Just like really either. I also know about the green out effect where you get too high and it's like, yeah, you need to calm down a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. every, every time I've ever smoked it, it's been with someone that is way more experienced than me and I try and keep up with them and I don't, Mm -hmm. there's like, there's the line where it's like, Oh, here's where you're good. And then there's like, the line where it's like, I've went too far. And they're so close that it's like, you end up being like, I think I can handle a little more. And next thing you know, no, you couldn't.
0: Right. Right. You know, I don't, I can't really speak to that. I don't smoke weed to get high every once in a while. I'll take a hit before I go to bed. Uh, but the medical benefits is really what intrigues me about it. But you're right. There's a lot of people out there, uh, beginners newbies whatever that uh don't know that line of what you speak
1: i think it's you know you want especially when like explain for me your first time i would say
0: uh getting stoned
1: or just yeah getting high in general you don't have to be stoned
0: (laughs) oh man it was it was a good time it was uh, uh me and a bunch of friends went to moab We went to road trip, we did four wheeling, uh, biking, motorcycle, all the, you know, the whole nine yards. And it was, I mean, it's really not that exciting. First time you smoke and then you're like, wow, What's going on? I'm going to go to bed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for me, I felt like I didn't even, a lot of people say they never get high their first time. I just got insanely hungry. I mean, it was eighth grade. My buddy's like, hey, check this out and pulls out like this like baggie of weed out of his dad's like drawer. And I'm like, what is that? And he goes, we're going to roll it and we're going to smoke it. So he rolls it in these like little dirt joints Mm -hmm. and we Mm -hmm. smoke it. And then like, I'm trying to play Call of Duty, but I'm just like, hey, you got any food? So then I just go to the kitchen. I'm like eating ramen and I'm cooking. Like, I guess my, portion size what I thought was like a good meal was a couple packets of ramen instead of just one and I didn't realize how much I cook so I'm sitting with this giant salad bowl filled with ramen I'm like yeah I don't even think I got high he just like looking at me laughing because it's not his first <laughs> time he's like yeah you're not stoned but I mean it's it's crazy on the experience behind it too because I tell people that like when it comes to smoking weed I'm not you know I don't do it anymore but I've had my days you know sitting like calling out a sick whatever for school or something and just relaxing all day with a nice salad bowl of cereal and freaking it, watching Step Brothers of the movie Friday. But like, I know so many people in my family, all my friends kind of do it. And I see it where like, they do it. It is a form of treatment. I mean, if you've ever smoked weed, anybody out there who hasn't, or anybody out there who does, there's this thing. It's like someone takes the sunglasses off your eyes Like, it feels like you're seeing the world through a brand new set of lenses. Mm -hmm. Um, Colors are a little bit more vibrant. Um, Detail, you start to notice it a lot more. I started to... You're
0: just more creative in general, you know?
1: Yeah, it's like, it's crazy though, because like, if you think about your everyday life and like just how you go out and function, if you don't medicate yourself or you don't smoke or anything, you are completely just out of touch with the world around you and i felt like every time i've ever smoked i've gotten this connectivity back with the earth again i started noticing things i started saying like wow like did anybody notice that this table's like the texture of it like did you feel the detail like you could feel your fingerprints i know that sounds like a stoner thought but (laughs) it's really if you really want to enjoy the little things and take in like time and actual memories That's the best form of it, because then you start to realize like, holy shit, I'm not even realizing I'm going to work and I'm not noticing that like anything, nothing subtle details, no colors in the leaves on the trees that are changing from season to season. You're not noticing any of that. You're not noticing the weather. You're just think, oh, it's shitty out. And then you go outside. What about taking the enjoyment from it and seeing it from a whole new perspective?
0: all right it's just seeing yeah new eyes uh just seeing the world from a different perspective i think everybody can use a little bit of that uh you don't necessarily need marijuana cannabis weed hemp you don't need any of that to do that i think that's just a different topic in general just waking up to see or just you know opening your eyes to see what's up around you you know what i'm saying
1: i find it like using that was a better way to kind of slow my role. I have ADHD, so I feel like I'm always hyper vigilant and I'm always kind of like paying attention to multiple things at once that I can never sit down and focus for very long. Mm -hmm. And the easiest fix for so many people, if you tell a doctor that was like, well, here, take this, it's Adderall. It'll, it'll calm you down. It'll do all this type of stuff. And I'm like, is there an alternative form, you know, and just re, like just this past year and so that it's this has became like a new popular thing now where like it's become legal so now it's like doctors are like why don't you try this maybe get yourself a medical card maybe try some cbd and i'm also an insomniac because of my adhd and i've had so many people recommend to me to try cbd and i've eaten a couple gummies or something at night and it's really helped out i mean it's you wake up in the morning you feel completely rested
0: right yes absolutely absolutely you know the thing about that is it's interesting yeah cbd oils, great it's fantastic it's done amazing things however what we're just realizing too and what a lot of people don't know is the more you process i mean this goes with anything just think about uh lunch meat or something the more you process something the more it's going to be damaged <coughs> excuse me uh so, if you're taking a cannabis plant and putting it through an extraction machine, you know uh, CO two, for instance, uh, what happens? You get to the you get the CO two in the supercritical state, which acts as a liquid form and a gas form at the same time, under a lot of pressure and a lot of temperature. Right. So you get to this critical point, and it actually pulls oil out of a cannabis plant. It's super fascinating. However, there's a <sighs> 480 compounds in the plant that all work together synergistically in your body to help create more of a homeostasis of balance in your body. And when you're only pulling one element or a few elements out of the plant, it doesn't work to its maximum potential. So yes,
1: it causes like, you know, like if you're trying to process it, like filter it out so much that you're only trying to get one specific thing, you might miss out some of the other parts of it that actually help it out in the big process.
0: Right. Uh, there's terpenes, there's flavonoids, there's canaflavones. Interesting Interesting thing about canaflavones, it's, uh, it's a flavonoid uh, that's only specific to the cannabis plant. But canaflavin A is studied and known to have uh, more, it's 30% more effective than aspirin, so to speak. Very good painkiller, only found in cannabis.
1: What other types of um, things that are found in cannabis that are more beneficial than the average over-the-counter drugs that people use today?
0: Oh, definitely. Well, there's uh, 118 known cannabinoids that work all together. There's terpenes, which are great, like myrcene, and they all have therapeutic benefits. Think of terpenes like uh, essential oils uh, that you smell. There's very therapeutic values in that. Terpenes are are what those are, and they're in the cannabis plant. Flavonoids, uh, phytonutrients that very interesting as well we can go into each one of them if you want (laughs) i could nerd out on this all day let's do it i mean your research had to come from a lot of your work with it too i mean that's
1: fascinating to me like you start saying cannabinoids you start saying flavonoids and all these things i'm starting to think it's like we're in chemistry class you're teaching me about protons neutrons and all these things i'm like are they just words that sound funny and we just make them rhyme the same so i'd like to know a little bit more about each one it seems like you're saying with flavonoids more of like, um, uh, you said something about like, is it, I'm guessing they use that more in candles.
0: Um, no, they're, they're more of a therapeutic. So let's, it's the aroma of what something smells like. It's the aroma of a flower. It's an aroma of what pine needles smell like. It's the aroma of what cannabis smells like. They're very distinct, Aroma flavors, so to speak. So when you open up a bag of stinky pot, those are the flavonoids you're smelling.
1: Oh yeah, where it kind of smells like
0: a dead skunk. Yes. Yeah. To some people, I never really thought that. To be honest, I always thought it smelled like fresh, and that's just me. Anyway, I
1: never (laughs) understood it until we're leaving my grandparents' house, and my brother is like a. I mean, he does this like. basically he's never not stoned. I mean, shout out to him, but he just, he just (laughs) enjoys it. Like he likes that kind of thing. He writes a lot of music and that's just how he kind of does. And it was always different for me. But I remember we're leaving my grandparents' house and like we're driving at night and he's like, do you have weed on you? I'm like, no. And he goes, I can smell it. I'm like, dude, it's gotta be a skunk or something. He like did not believe me. And I realized like it's something about a skunk. It's just that smell. It's, but I think a skunk's a little bit worse.
0: Right. I yeah, I totally agree. Uh yeah, but those are flavonoids. That's what you smell. Um, oh, I'm sorry, uh terpenes. Those are terpenes, not flavonoids. The flavonoids are phytonutrients. The interesting about flavonoids, though, is uh what I find one of the cool aspects. So like a blueberry, for instance, it's Blue or a purplish color because of the flavonoids, those phytonutrients, they filter in because of the color, certain UV wavelengths, and which makes it a protectant of other UV uh, wavelengths, as well as a protectant for you know, predators such as animals or whatever. They give it its color.
1: It also helps with um, the antioxidant properties of blueberries as well. I, I studied a little bit when it comes to nutrition and stuff like that, but I, cannabis is so new to me. I mean, just because of the fact that I think it's getting newer to everyone nowadays. I mean, uh, I used to uh, joke like, cause um, I did a podcast on the conspiracy theory or the little lie. Our parents told us where there was only one reported case of somebody poisoning uh, Halloween candy. And actually that, that myth, that little uh, scare just so you know parents can go through your candy and everything besides the one reported case this past year on Halloween people were giving out edibles and it really changed up the game from that to be a myth
0: yeah 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 I heard that was all a myth it was kind of like a drawn-up story that sparked from somewhere I, I, I couldn't speak into it I don't know I don't have any references on me but I did hear that it was more of a myth than it was real
1: And I started thinking, I was like, if you look at Colorado with that myth, and I was like, on this past Halloween, I was like, how many people are probably accidentally like taking edibles like the parents actually have to go through to make sure their kid didn't get like a magic brownie or something.
0: Yeah, possibly I wouldn't. I don't know. It seems kind of bogus to me it uh, for me to spend However much a pound of pot would be now, they can do a bunch of brownies and then give it away. That just seems like if I was in that mindset, I'd be like, "I'm keeping this weed. I don't want to give it away for free." Why would I give them the high? No, exactly, exactly. So that's where I think it's just, nah. I don't think that's really accurate. There's a
1: difference between smoking it and then applying it to like in a, a certain oil or a certain rub to your skin. Or, and there's also a different way with edibles. I found I enjoyed edibles a little bit more. It seemed like it didn't hit me as fast. It hit me later down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time I smoked it, it was always like, I don't know. It was just, I guess the smoke part aspect of it, like if my lungs felt weird, I could get really like start kind of thoroughly check through, like get stuck in my own head a lot. So I'm like, I can feel like my heartbeat. Next thing you know, you're like, wait a minute, like there's something I'm not doing. And it's like, oh yeah, I got to remember to breathe. Then you got to start remembering all these things that you like (laughs) go into super detail with it. But that's called the green out effect. I know that you can get so high where your body tries to get rid of the high by either going to sleep. And I know a lot of people take like showers to help bring it down or drink some milk, um, but it's it's so fascinating because like it is an amazing experience. I mean, I've been to concerts. Um, I mean, I don't know if you know the band Slightly Stupid, but the singer offered me a joint um on my birthday at one of the concerts. And I was like, I've really never done this before, but I'm not gonna say no. You know what I mean? <laughs> Did he invite you up on stage? No, it was um New Year's Eve's my birthday. So he hopped okay. down off the stage after he played for like three hours longer than he was supposed to. And it was um Kyle, and he jumped down off the stage, and he's like, "What's up, man?" I'm like, "Yo, it's my first concert. I'm 16." He's like, "Dude, hit this," and I'm like, "What?" And he's like, "Hit this right now." He goes, "This is your first concert. This is fucking awesome." And I smoked it in front of him, and uh, we just talked for like 10, 15 minutes. But real chill guy. Like, but that's crazy. Like, people look at that like a famous like reggae band known for like smoking pot and stuff, and it's like they're two wrestling coaches from um, a high school. Like nobody even looks at that.
0: Really? I did not know that. That's interesting.
1: But like so Hmm. many of experiences, like people think of reggae, you got to be smoking weed, you got to be doing this. And I'm like, it's just enjoying a good time too. Like I live in a beach town, so it's pretty popular down here. And um, to see like the medical industry and stuff and the major benefits is done. I mean, I've talked to people where they're doing experiments in their medical business, um, going to hospitals and getting the like kind of, I guess, the consent of some of the elderly people there that are experiencing Parkinson's and they're like testing and doing experiments to see like watching their parkinson's basically the symptoms go away i mean Mm -hmm, the tremors yeah yeah that's fascinating i don't know if you can enlighten me a little bit more about that he's trying to explain it to me saying that like it helps calm them down and like it people think like only elderly people experience parkinson's even though that's the high majority but there are children that suffer from this i mean it's a great anxiety relief as well
0: Oh, there's so many different medical benefits. Anxiety, like you said, pain relieving, uh, reduces inflammation. Uh, it actually tells like THC and even cannabis in general. I won't just uh, isolate THC, I'll talk about all the cannabinoids here. They actually tell cancer cells, you like cancer cells being they are not working properly, they're just reproducing dead, more dead cells. That's where tumors come from, right? So cannabis comes in and says you guys have to self-destruct right now basically off yourselves and stop mastitize mastitizing spreading throughout the body it actually has been known for thc particularly to tell those cells to stop so it does there have been studies that have shown that it stops spreading cancer which is pretty incredible
1: A lot of people get that mixed up, too. They think that it's, oh, it's a cure for cancer. It's not a cure. It just halts the growth of it so it doesn't get any worse, which, I mean, if you got to think, people that come from war, that have PTSD, and they need a way of calming down, they should be allowed to smoke weed. That should be, I mean, that, I don't know why we ever thought differently. There are so many mm-hmm. things that go on into someone's mental process and we have this simple drug or this thing that is marketed and basically monetized by the government. And then we have this other thing on the side, cannabis. This the whole, all of it, everything under the umbrella that you're talking about that.
0: Yeah. Is- it's because yeah, you, I'm sorry. Go for it. Well, it's
1: demonized. I'm like, why the fuck is it demonized? Like, this obviously has more beneficial, I guess, to someone's life than a, you know a pill.
0: Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that go into that. It's really, you can, as a pharmacy, you can, or a, a lab, or anything, you can uh, patent anything that you make. But what you cannot patent and make money on from patenting is cannabis or any kind of nat you can't you can't patent an apple you you see that with monsanto they're they can patent their corn because they're genetically engineering it so it's that by definition it's not as natural you know what i'm saying so you can't really patent cannabis so there's a conspiracy there that uh, a lot of the big pharma companies don't want or they're lobbying for cannabis not to be legal because they can make money off of a synthetic form of it, Marinol, which is synthetic isoli- isolated THC. That That's the only FDA approved uh, hemp slash marijuana derived uh, medicine. You know what I'm saying? They can make money on that, but they can't make money on a bag of weed. Yeah, it's, it's, it's see, that's the thing. It's the
1: whole profit aspect of it. I'm like, wouldn't we be profitizing more as people if we decided to actually help mankind out by giving them this opportunity to try something that's way less dangerous to their health? I mean, it, we live in a really crappy world when it comes to just trying to make a quick buck, where even now, like we're FDA, they still try and regulate, and they're trying to create a way to kind of, I guess... I guess regulate, you know, just cannabis in general, but it's really, really hard to because you can't really sell cannabis like you can't you can't just, you know, monetize it. You can't just put a patent on it. It's something that is open for everyone and we've used it throughout history.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. We'll see. I think time will tell with the FDA and things are ramping up pretty quickly. Like I said, we have the USDA that just came out with their regulations. We have the House committee that just pushed uh, the act, the more act to uh, legalize federally cannabis. Uh, So there's a, we had the farm bill a year ago, December 2018 that passed. So I mean, hemp is legal. We can transport it across the state, all that kind of stuff. So Uh, We're heading in the right direction, more so than prior years before. So it's good.
1: Do you think that this is going to put a whole new spin on kind of the world in general? Do you think it's going to open up the door maybe to legal some psychedelics as well?
0: Uh, Possibly, yeah. Uh, There's some studies showing psilocybin is helping out with a myriad of different uh, ailments. And I, I don't I just see those that come across my desk every now and again. I don't really delve into that as much as my profession, but it is interesting that uh, doors are being opened up for that.
1: What's one of the most fascinating things that you that's come across your desk in a way or come across your mind when it comes to the cannabis industry?
0: Uh, normally, I just kind of nerd out on doing my own research of just how cannabinoids interact with each other. So you have, let's say, the cannabinoid CBD and the cannabinoid THC. Well, if you just take the THC by itself, it's there is you get some pros with it. Some cons would be you're a little sketched out, you're a little paranoid, right? So then CBD, this cannabinoid comes along and they interact with each other. And CBD is known for stress reducing, right? So you take those together. If you have a, let's just say... 50 50 blend of some pot right that's probably the best because it's going to counteract most of that paranoia along so you get more of a better it's and that's the entourage effect that I'm talking about it's not just those two cannabinoids you have 118 total cannabinoids that they all do awesome things by themselves but when you get them all together they do even um, More awesome job. And then you add in terpenes to that, and then you add in flavonoids to that, and they're just kind of interacting with each other. And you have a huge math problem that I can't solve with all the different ways you can put them together and make a wonderful thing that you get a really good balanced form of homeostasis within your body and in your endocannabinoid system. It's, yeah. So that's the more I learned about that to answer your question is that's what really fascinates me.
1: Now, does it cut off more of the, I guess, kind of numb the nerves or numb the processes where you might see like anxiety or things arise, like paranoia? Cause it seems like, like, I'm pretty fascinated with the human mind when it comes to psychology and looking at like brain scans of like people with schizophrenia, you start to see a certain part of the brain highlight in a certain amount of color where they can tell that's schizophrenia and they could diagnose things of that sort. And if you um, affect THC or CBD, I have a feeling that it probably narrows off some of those sensors and gets a little bit of less communication so you don't experience like anxiety attacks or severe paranoia.
0: Yeah, absolutely. THC does a great job of cutting off. It's a great pain reliever, right? More so than CBD. What it does is it cuts off brain signals so you can't really feel the pain as much anymore. So it's a great temporary relief. Now, if you want a full, holistic body relief, yeah, you would need to take a CBD or a whole plant product daily. Uh, I would recommend not a THC packed full. Product. I would do like a hemp, a full hemp, full hemp product. You know what I'm saying? To take it regularly, because what you want to do is build up the cannabinoids in your system, and that's going to really take care of the long term effects. So the THC does great job of doing a short term pain reliever, but with all the other cannabinoids, terpenes, flavonoids, cannflavins, all that, that would prolong. It would just do a better job in the long run. And and, in saying that, going back to what we were talking about a little bit before, is that um, – let me get my notes here. He's got notes. Yeah, it's not a cure-all, be-all. You know, I'm not – Gonna be on here preaching that this is CBD is the best thing ever and it's gonna cure everything. But it works not. for
1: it works for who it works for. Like you know, for some people, like people talk about like, what are you talking about? It cures paranoia. It gives me paranoia. Yeah, like for me, for instance, it doesn't work for me. It's not very very helpful. At least when it comes to marijuana and certain things of that sort, I end up freaking myself out. I mean, I had one really bad experience. I won't go too far into, but. I felt my ball slipped into my asshole. I'm going to leave it at that. But that's also, you know, people are, I know, uh, the famous comedian, Ryan Sickler, his cousins allergic to it, like found out medically that like he would literally turn pale white. That's what happens to me. I smoke weed. Next thing I know, I go pale white, you know, and I basically can pass right out. Um, but with CBD, it's helped me with sleep benefits, but it works for who it works with. Not everything, not every single diet works for everybody. So not every single medical dosage or you know type of ingredient or type of plant is going to work for everyone.
0: Everybody's body is different. Everybody has a different metabolism. Everybody weighs the different amount of weights. It's, everybody's different. So you got to find what works best for you. And it's... In this industry, people are screaming for FDA regulation, which is great on one hand, but on the other hand, personally, I don't want the government telling me what's wrong or right for me in that aspect of what I need to take to cure an ailment. It's with something natural like cannabis, it's more find out what works right for you. You know, it's a lot of trial and error. Obviously, there is some... Uh, common sense to be dealt with that don't go out and get blazed (laughs) you know what I'm saying
1: I think like, you know, on the back of a warning label on a, just a a regular prescription drug or just an over the counter medicine, it tells you suggested use, take two, do not exceed this much in this many hours. It's like, we walk our lives literally with nobody telling us, we're just letting us figure the shit out. You know what I mean? So that's what you should do with marijuana or that's what you should do with cannabis in general. Figure out what works for you. There are some people that are only going to want to eat it edible. There are some people that are going to want to smoke it. There's some people that can handle a higher dosage. I think, you know, it's all about kind of your impact from it first. Like for me, every single time I've done it has been like not the funnest experience, but also like when I find that I do it on my own or if I even take the time, like I know when I've had enough, I've had a really enjoyable time with it. I mean, just the fact like it's, it really helps me calm down and I see where the medical benefits of it too. Like I know uh, we bring up PTSD, like that's all a certain part. Like if everyone looks, your brain – from your stem just to the central core of it, going all the way through your body is just a bunch of nerves, like electrical impulses. So mm-hmm. like when something like PTSD starts to arise, next thing you know, you got literally this this thing you you have an access to where you could smoke it and bam, it just starts to slowly calm yourself down or something to where that ptsd can go away that red in the brain scan starts to slowly fade away i mean i think that's more fascinating because if you look at some of the cures that we use now as a it's not really a cure but it could fix it is schizophrenia i mean schizophrenia all they use is ect that's electroconvulsive therapy that's to shock Mm -hmm. you to where you start to experience something like this and they just shock it to see if maybe they can uh, I guess, control your body, not to do it anymore. Like as soon as you start to feel like your th- those symptoms arise, you start to get, it's like a dog with a shock collar. And I think mm-hmm. that's, I think that's insanely dangerous considering that like there are people, why are you just going to sit there and shock them and not give them the option to try something like an alternative source, such as cannabis.
0: Yeah, that's tricky. That's a tricky one right there. I don't, I can't really speak into any kind of a psychological anything. I don't have the credentials for that, or I haven't done any research to be honest with you, but it is fascinating. I have read some articles that speak into that and it's looking positive. It's more positive testing rather than this is not going to work at all. Just like you were saying.
1: What types of things are you kind of scared about with this industry a little bit? I mean, is there anything that you've kind of come across, whether in research or something that you like look at, like, this is not really a good thing
0: uh i think there's two things right one of them is people just need to be informed people need to learn we there there needs to be uh information out there available people need to know uh there's a lot that we know and that we're learning and there's a lot that i'm currently learning that i think people would need to know which goes back to if you choose to smoke marijuana don't smoke it like you would a cigarette just choking it down that's not going to be great Uh, a little bit at a time kind of thing the other one I believe is um, I lost my train of thought I'm terribly sorry (laughs) hey it's okay it happens from time
1: to time I think you know I know so many people and especially in my own family too that you know every day it's got to be this and this and this and I'm like I always wondered why it was, but I mean, from experiencing it with myself and seeing it in a little bit of way, I mean, you start to have a more sense of empathy, too, and a more sense of hyper-awareness that I'm really, really fascinated with because I believe that people nowadays, the average people, like, they're just not paying attention to their surroundings anymore. I believe mm-hmm. that we're kind of out of touch a little bit. And I believe that's why if you ever see like a movie or a TV show where someone smokes weed or something, they get in touch with nature and a sense of overall feeling of wellness around them. They want to be around their family again because it, it highlights those true instinctive things as humans that we all have. You know, I can give you some, I mean, I can sit here and tell you what I think will be insight onto, you know, the whole thing in general, but that's just from my experience of it. I don't know the whole scientific logistics behind it all like yourself, but I'm fascinated that to see that this world we're still kind of, pushing it forward. I know it was a major thing. Um, when it was the idea of becoming legal and a lot of States didn't want to pass it was that, Oh, if you make the drug legal, then everybody's just going to be getting high, you know, that whole thing. And I'm like, I don't think that would happen at all. You know, I I think that with just cannabis in general, or, you know, these types of things like you go to a vape shop and you see CBD and all these things. I'm seeing elder like older people start to take it, like adults getting creams stuff to put on their body. Then you're going to see the kids that are going to be smoking weed and all under that. But it's, it's constantly changing forms. And it's really, you know, to each is their own.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. It's really fascinating that this whole marijuana prohibition, uh, we can get into that. I and mean, what you were saying just kind of sparked this in me is that. We had in the 1900s and even before that, we had tinctures, uh, cannabis tinctures to help medically. And uh, we can go a brief history of it. And I'm sure you know some of this, Robbie. Is that back in the 30s, there's the 20s and 30s, there was the Mexican Revolution. So there was a lot of immigrants that came up. And there was some bigotry in that, obviously, with our history. And along with that was the whole marijuana that they brought and that kind of sparked on moving forward to the whole devil's lettuce, wild sex orgies, the reefer madness of you all. There's this, all this, um, what do you call it? The, uh, uh, false information that people were putting out there, uh, to really scare the public into saying Marijuana's bad. So then there was the prohibition that happened for decades, decades into the seventies, eighties, nineties, all that kind of stuff. And so then there's this guy, um, RSO, um, Rick Simpson. So guy, Rick Simpson, he's a Canadian and big, uh, marijuana advocate. Uh, it was still illegal up there at the time and he slipped and fell on his ladder. He had a concussion, uh, he made some salve up with his, uh, with his marijuana. It basically boiled it with Everclear, basically extracting very rude way of extracting it. And it worked. Uh, some time went on and he had some spots on his hand, some skin cancer, basically. And he rubbed that same ointment on and it went away. And so we were in this whole dark ages for almost... A hundred years of the marijuana prohibition cannabis prohibition and then this guy comes along and makes this weird concoction with uh, basically ever clearing cannabis and it worked so now everybody has woken up to ooh that maybe this cannabis plant has some medical benefits to it and the only way is that we have to extract it to be medicinally beneficial and going back to the second One that I had earlier my fear is that people are going to be stuck with that preconceived notion that the only medical way is to extract cannabis into an oil form. But the danger in that is, in fact, that you are damaging all the medicine the more you extract it.
1: Like you were talking about narrowing down, like you try and get the specific process, you're eliminating some of the things that actually help it that are beneficial to it.
0: Right. So we don't do any extraction. I don't do any extraction. I just, prob- I just take the whole flour, grind it down, mix it with some oils, decarboxylate it, and bing. There you go. There is the hemp paste. That's what we call it. And that has nothing taken out. In fact, it adds, like we add some MCT oil, the me- uh, medium chain triglycerides, and that actually helps aid the cannabinoids to cross the blood brain barrier entering your cb1 receptors that help the uh just your whole nervous system basically and cb2 receptors your peripheral nervous system and it, into your endocannabinoid system which is basically your natural system in which your body balances itself out and, the,
1: and the cannabinoids are what you're talking about what are the chemical compounds that constitute cannabis
0: yes 118 known cannabinoids there's over a hundred uh 100 terpenes, and there's probably a little, 20, over, a little bit over 20 known uh, cannaflavins
1: and flavonoids. And the most common form of cannabinoids are CBD
0: and THC. Those are the ones we know of. There's also CBG, CBN. Uh, there's a myriad of them. And they all have specific properties. It's quite fascinating. Yeah. Sorry. Go for it.
1: So why is THC the dominant? Uh, why, why does THC dominate marijuana so much?
0: Um, it's a good question. Uh, I think it has to do with a lot of, well, this is my personal opinion, and I don't know everything. i will prerequisite with that. Yeah. Well, but it's was just, uh, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just people uh, crossbreeding the plant to get a higher THC yield. Uh, if, interesting fact: CBG, eh, cannabigerol, is the kind of the mother cannabinoid. When a plant starts out, that's the only cannabinoid in the plant. And as the plant matures, as you grow it and take care of it, there's more can, cannabinoids that come out of that. And interestingly enough, the more you let the plant grow. Even after harvest, the more THC content is in the plant. Just hmm. weird, interesting facts. <laughs> it's, I mean,
1: the CBD, I know that when it comes to like the word medical marijuana, I know CBD's is like, that's like the first major one in there, just because like we're talking, like it treats seizures and anxiety when THC gives you more of a head high. But if you pair them together, um, I don't want to make sure I get this wrong, but doesn't it doesn't enhance the overall effect of it.
0: Yes, that is what is called the entourage effect. All the cannabinoids, terpenes, cannabinoids, flavonoids interacting together holistically to give you more medicinal value. So you're exactly right. So it, it, pairing
1: these two together, I mean, is... Why is that not like, why, why are they so split off into two different categories? If there's just, a, if there's an overall better impact when we use medical marijuana for CBD and THC,
0: like, I think that's a lot to do with the stigma. There is a stigma. It's dying down a little bit, but there's still a stigma of marijuana. There's still a stigma of cannabis and THC and getting high.
1: And that all came from the propaganda act when it was first being kind of brought over here from Mexico.
0: Yeah, I think that's part of the reason too. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So is that why they bring it up? Like that's called, that's dirt weed, that's Mexican dirt weed or something, because it's like a a lower shittier form or kind of produced with more, I guess it's not pure because it seems like our definition of like, oh, this is Cali grade, or this is something like this turns into like, this was made in a lab that is going to literally get you stoned. Like it's going to get you there. There's no, you know, oh, it worked. It didn't, you know?
0: yeah yeah i think it just has to do with the thc content of the individual strain you're dealing with uh some plants have you know 0.12 percent thc and that would be if you're going to try and smoke that it'll be good for you you're not going to get high though Uh, apart from you know i wouldn't recommend smoking anything to be healthy uh just putting that out as a Pre with it. <laughs> now,
1: Is this type of stuff you guys focus on your uh the, your podcast? And now is it called the Cannabis Nerd's Pod? Yeah, cannabinards
0: cannabinards, Cannabis Nerd's or cannabinoids however you want to say nerd.
1: it. I like Can- to say Cannabis Nerd's. It makes me think of uh, it's that freaking sunscreen. Banana uh, pa- boat? No, <laughs> Panama Jack. Okay. Okay. I don't know why my brain takes random tolls. So you just gotta
0: bear with me. <laughs> no, I like it. It's interesting. No, uh, but uh. Out of the job I work at, the Hemp Jar Formed, which is you know the Hempjar.com where you can get all these whole plant products. And then out of that, uh, me and my colleague and even my wife have all joined together and we do a podcast just about what we're talking about right now. Uh, goes into more of the science aspect of the medical world of cannabis or the lead. We talk about, you know, legislator and the legal side, the stigma side, uh, medical science, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's fascinating. We enjoy it. So it's something when I can come home from work, I can still work on and enjoy it, which is a lot of I find a lot of people might not uh, have that wonderful part where they can go home and work on something and enjoy it and see the fruits and benefits of that
1: yeah i think one of the major things i've, I've learned like i had no really idea about it. i knew some of the history behind it but i mean we want to talk about the term like you were saying marijuana i mean the whole propaganda act that it was really a result of people that were against cannabis and also immigration they decided to kind of link it together and say that like you know link the two say the more immigrants that keep coming over here are going to keep increasing the marijuana industry and you know that there's no correlation to show that at all
0: yeah there's harry henry anslinger way back in the day was known to be a white supremacist and a big bigot all that kind of stuff he was the one that said he was um you know high up in the government and he's the one that kind of rolled out the uh there was a tax on marijuana. He basically started the prohibition because he didn't like the Mexicans. I mean, I would recommend just Googling that and just, it's a five minute read. It's pretty interesting. And that's kind of what spurred it on. Like He implemented a tax in which you had to pay the government to sell weed and you had to fill out this form to know where you are so they would come and bust you. And it was just a whole screwed up things so no one wanted to sell hemp even though we were using it for a lot of industrial uses at that point at that point
1: I think what's pretty fascinating about it now, like I'm a bit of a fitness freak, but I see so many people that used to say like, oh, don't smoke weed, don't do that. It's just going to make you lazy. And it turns out there's actually a lot of people nowadays, I know a lot of bodybuilders and people that, you know, do severe marathon runs and they use, you know, CBD oils and they use a lot of marijuana too, before they lift or after they lift to help calm their muscles, Um, you know, helps create a better form of recovery too, like after a workout. And some people find that it helps them focus during a workout.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, uh, me and my wife are actually doing a, a little experiment. I wouldn't say it's scientific, but we're kinda, it was on our last episode, and we'll do it on our next episode, I think, or the results in the next two episodes. Is uh, She's a big avid. She works out hardcore, 40 minutes a day, seven days a week, as opposed to myself, maybe 10, 20 yeah, minutes every
1: She works out seven days a week, too. I'm in that same boat. I I, oh, uh, we,
0: I should yeah. have her own. <laughs> hey, we can go
1: all in about fitness. I work out two hours a day. It's fun. It's a great stress <laughs> relief. They're like, I don't turn to drugs. I don't drink and stuff. And my mom's like, you're like, you always spend so much time at the gym. I'm like, I could be out getting drunk right now. And she's like, true sure that. Keep going to the gym. I'm like, yeah. All
0: right. No, I think that's great. It releases a lot of toxins. It releases all it, it, you're just, you just feel better. Totally.
1: It's it's like a dopamine kind of release too. Like when you leave after like, they call it the runner's high. It's because your body's going through such a high level of cortisol. Literally, you could cut me off in traffic after I just got out of the gym. I'm like, whatever, man. Like I'm so just chilled out. And I'm like, that's, you know, it's the same thing. We get different stimulants and different chemical responses in our brain compared to whatever we're doing. Some people it's food. Some people it's doing a drug. Some people, you know, you can get it. However, But Mm -hmm. when some like if you find something that is less damaging to your health and is actually helping you, such as cannabis, such as working out, you know, that's a major benefit because it's only going to improve the quality of your life.
0: Totally. Totally. Oh, yeah, I'm all about it. I wish I could dedicate more time to it. (laughs) That's probably on me, though. (laughs) Well, man, I really appreciate you coming
1: out and doing the podcast, man. It's been great talking to you. I want to give you here a minute at the end to kind of promote your content.
0: Oh, sweet. Well, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, you can f- look at the hempjar.com. We have a bunch of whole hemp products that you can get. Uh, very It helps. We actually have um, testimonials at the bottom. You can go ahead and read those if you go to the com and see how it's helped for people. And just going into the science, we have dozens of articles on why a whole plant product is better than full spectrum, broad spectrum, or even CBD isolate. Uh, and the science behind to back that up which is quite fascinating if you want to hear more about it um, you can listen to cannabinerds cannabinerdspodcast.com or uh cannabinerds pod on all social media platforms or yeah just check us out at At com, I appreciate you having me on, Robbie. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that like this is something that more people need to start doing more research in, or at least looking for kind of just to understand what it is. You know, like you didn't just randomly figure out what words meant, you had to get taught something. So, you know, to better open up the world to cannabis or just this kind of industry in general, you got to educate them a little bit too.
0: Education is the key thing. You're right on the nose about that. Education is what's going to drive this forward and uh, really help society.
1: Well, thank you so much, Josh, for being on this episode of Out of the Blanket. Stay tuned for our next episode.